0: Guys, thanks for downloading part two of the recap podcast. Uh, hope you guys really enjoyed part one where we took a deep dive into the Iowa game, then also talked in depth about the quarterback situation and late game management for really the entire staff uh, throughout the course of the first two seasons. Really interesting stuff. Make sure you guys give that a listen. But part two of the recap pod coming up uh shortly here again Bo and I this was all done in one sit down we sat and talked for a little over three hours I figured we wanted to break this up for you guys uh on today's uh part two of the recap pod we dive into recruiting and uh and the top three position groups that we think this team needs to address here uh, in the offseason when they hit the recruiting trail. Uh, Bo dives into and gives us his thoughts on the importance of winter conditioning. You know, we also look at where this staff, and in particular Scott Frost, need to kind of look in the mirror and maybe try to improve or do things maybe slightly different moving forward. And then a really interesting conversation that Bo and I had about Tommy Frazier's tweet being a little critical of Scott Frost. Uh, Certainly a, a lot to unpack there. So without further ado, here is part two of uh, yours truly and Bo uh, recap pod. Enjoy. How much does Nebraska not going to that bowl game matter in recruiting? You know, because you you were – I don't want to – like I can – you know, how much does it matter? Like I think Nebraska not going to the bowl game – Matters because of the fifteen practices for the guys that are already there, and it matters for the overall vibe around the program. But the 235 hundred and thirty-five pound linebacker in Florida, does he care about any of that stuff?
1: I gotta think he doesn't care about the difference between five and seven and six and six or you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I think he cares about
0: because it's not good. Either way, it's not very good.
1: No. And you know what I, I mean? Like exactly. So to me,
0: it's like you're either Clemson Bama Ohio State or it's, your uh, yes. Rutgers, everything in between is probably like
1: that. That's eh. so. This is what I don't know. Okay, what's the difference between teams twenty through teams forty on the recruiting rankings and the recruiting scale? Right. What's the difference? Right. Like I, I don't know that I know that question. I do know the top five or so, five or ten. It's like those are the teams that have the most. They've been the best teams the last ten years, right? So, you're what you said: the Iowas, the Ohio States, um, the Clemson's right yes. now. I mean, Clemson is getting recruits, all these top recruits, right? Yeah, and they've never historically gotten this many. They've gotten some because they're, you know, they're in a state that has a lot of talent, but they're getting all the recruits. Ohio State's getting all the big time recruits, right? Where, you know. Nebraska has never gotten, you know, they're never like a top three class. They were usually like, you know, we're usually a top 10, 15, 20, 12 to 25. And what's funny though, is I feel like now we're sort of in this, uh, are we the 20th or are we the 40th, which is a pretty big jump, and I'm not really sure what the difference is that these recruits are seeing. And maybe that's the bad thing is we're, we've fallen into that mix where it's like, I don't really know why we do or don't get these recruits. I have no feel. Yeah. Because last year we lost games, but they're like, oh, we think Frost is good. We got some good He's players.
0: Still, it'll be interesting because there still was the shine on Frost from the UCF thing. I feel like that is officially like, I think a lot of people have turned the page on that. Uh, The way they finished the season was much... Yeah. And then Martinez was a big chip to dangle out for... A lot of skill guys. But again, other than Wanda Robinson, who did that really attract?
1: Oh, the big, the big kid from Arizona. We'll see how he turns out. The, I mean, there's a, there's a few I mean, guys. I mean,
0: uh, offensive like weapons. Oh, offensive you know I mean?
1: weapons? Like, uh, yeah. We, nobody that could make an effect right immediately. So. so I guess
0: what, here, here's the question. Here's one of the questions within what you're talking about to a certain extent. Not necessarily what you're saying, but what's more important for the program right now? 15 more practices with this group and going to a bowl or this staff right now spending every ounce of energy and second in every day recruiting? What's funny is... uh, I would kind of lean towards practicing because I think it goes back to what we just criticized of like yeah ultimately like whether you like it or not a lot of the guys that are gonna get this thing rolling are there dude yeah they have to be they have to be yeah it's not like you're gonna this isn't July first and Woj is going to be like breaking news. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are going to Scott Brown. It's not like that.
1: They're going to be called the Big Two. Lincoln is going to be set for the next two years. It's
0: not like that. It it's is. not like Stephen A. Smith is going to be like. First and foremost, let me tell you that Luke McCaffrey is an outstanding player. That is not even be debatable at this point. But if
1: you think
0: that it's not going to be like that, it's not going to be like that. So that's the thing. Is like. I would I would still lean towards like that having 15 practices and 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 working more with this group is is more important. Yeah. But uh, to to be glass half full about not may it's like at least now these guys, Chenander, Troy Walters, Frost, hell, all these guys get to just
1: okay. So wake so that and that's the that's the better question. Okay, I'm not going to disagree that getting the practices is better for our team in the long run, but is are we going to recruit better this year because of not having to practice because there is going to be dead time i do know that right so the dead time they can't actually make contact but they can do more they can do more research evaluation, they can do more evaluation and, yeah. um and then so th- I don't that's know, what I, mean, I don't know this like, is a that's but, what i don't know yeah
0: I, I don't know that world well enough um to be able to answer that question i always just i always will you'll never get me to say that like yeah losing was good so now they can just recruit i don't i don't agree with that but i i think it it's it's not the it's not necessarily awful that these guys don't have to that they can just focus on yeah this class now
1: and they got they got i think their three biggest recruits last year during this time during the dead, they got Wandale Robinson and that Polo Gates guy. They got those are our three highest rated recruits. They all got during the, you know, December January push. So I don't know. I, I just know maybe that's just the name of the game. A lot of these guys are waiting around or whatever. But um, I, I I don't know. I I guess as an optimist, I hope that that's sort of uh, what happens or something. Is that they have I, I that agree. they do they they recruit better even if it's you know you wish you had the practices to go with it, but they'll have a strong focus on, Hey, we're going to, we're going to get some dudes. And then two, we're going to evaluate ourselves too. You know, they're going to have time to do that.
0: The thing that's, the thing that is kind of good, I guess, is, you know, ultimately, like we said, winning is the best recruiting tool. People want to go play for a winner. Yeah. But the other big recruiting thing you throw out there to people is playing time. And I'd imagine that there, if you're a wide receiver or, I mean, even if you're a running back right now, I mean, other than Mills, who, who, I mean, who's to say that Mills might
1: be a number two guy, right? He might be the guy that's the, the, the change of pace. I mean,
0: honestly, like, I don't know who's the starting running back for Nebraska next year might not even be in Lincoln yet. I would argue pr- they probably aren't. Yeah, I, and so if you're a running back, if you're a wide receiver, if you're a junior college, uh, if you're a junior college pass rusher or whatever, because it's hard. It's hard to go find some guy right now that's popping a zit on his nose. <laughs> look, I'm gonna go
1: tell <laughs> Tina. I wonder to go to the prom. Oh, I got a big honker on my nose. Yeah, oh, like, it's hard to think that guys. <laughs> <laughs> if you pop a zit, you can't rush the quarterback. If you, are, if you have popped
0: a zit and asked a girl to pop in the past six months,
1: you're not you the pass You can't the rush You're not the, the answer to Justin Fields and company, all right? Okay, well, let me ask you this. In your opinion right now, in order, what would you say are the three most important recruiting needs? If you can get them, you name them right now, what you think are, in order, the three most important.
0: I would say, and this is this is like goes against a lot of my my like pillars of what I believe for football. Yeah. I'm not so sure that number one isn't a wide a elite wide receiver. Okay. Number two is pass rusher. Now, whether that's a outside linebacker or a D end whatever pass rusher. And then Honestly, I think running back.
1: Running back. Okay. What did you write down? Did you write down? (laughs) Pretty. I actually put linebacker first. So outside linebacker, pass rusher. So not the inside. The outside first uh, as a must, especially after the last couple games where it's just like, uh, that was the area where I'm just like, man. that Nate Stanley went to Pizza Ranch and Casey's General Store before he <laughs> threw the football. Well, and and just being able to make play. So that's one. Two, two was is wide receiver. You had that one. I almost think you're right and I'm wrong because I don't know. That's that's tough. Yeah. Uh, uh, did you put running back? And I put running back. But but for wide receiver, um, I got more specific. I think we need somebody with some size. Yes.
0: And not Someone that is good one on one with size that can
1: yeah like we need somebody with some size and some range and some length. Um, we need Justin Blackman. Like w- w- I feel like we recruited yeah exactly because we recruited a bunch of these guys the last two years they're all like five all eleven like, I'm to five six one. feet.
0: I like <laughs> I shot at the baby cat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh they all shop at the baby gap yeah that's a, that's a that's a bad way to put it but it's spot on what i'm trying to say is we got guys shopping at the baby gap <laughs> yeah we need some Coach, guys i don't
0: know how to say this but i think the biggest problem with your wide receivers is they all shop at
1: the baby gap we need somebody that goes to like shops the at like xl like yeah like, ball with, like like harry's xl yeah, store you know huge. like are you six foot four and above? You better come to Harry's XL where we'll fit a coat that will.
0: Oh, man.
1: we So, yeah, we but need sure, some need size. need a big
0: bodied wide receiver.
1: We don't have one, and I mean it. We don't got one. We that, need – if we can get a – if we could get two good receivers and at least one of them have size, that to me is huge. And then the the, the second – the third one was running back, which you said. And I, my thought was, though, we need – another physical runner like we need somebody that's like I I don't know that we need another small like we've got Wandale that's our we can change it yeah our change up small guy that Ramir Johnson's a small guy like we've got small guys that are fast but Mills is like like more guys of Mills stature I think we need is guys you can pound the rock with well I think I think in a perfect world you're looking
0: for a guy that can that I know they're not a, I mean, you know, you're talking like you want everything. Like, I want a, ten, a model that's a 10. Yeah. She's a scientist. <laughs> and she's a, but I think you, you want someone that can do it all. You, you want someone that's in every, you need an every down back that is a, that can, that, you you get a crease he's it's night night he can get tough yard you, you need that and just because the way this the way this program's built it's built for this offense to have to flourish yeah. and for it to flourish you need a massive boost at the wide receiver and running back spot
1: yeah and, and i think though that you know Maurice Washington's a good example of It's nice to have Maurice, and if if for some reason he showed up again, that'd be great if he got his attitude right. Great. But, like, we don't need everybody to be built. Like, you need different body types, you know? Like, he didn't complement Wandale very well. No. Um, And that's where, like, a guy like, say, Mills was – like, we need to be able to run physical in between tackles. I think we need somebody – like Mills, but maybe a little bit more dynamic. Even.
0: So, so I think in a, what the perfect running back situation is: you got an every down back that maybe this is the, the this is the recruit that we're both saying that they need yeah. a guy that is physical but is also uh, elusive. You know, like a just a good every down running back. Yes, your number two guy is Mills, and then your sporadic. Every once in a while is Wandale.
1: Yeah, and Wandale comes in and gets his touches. So you you got somebody that because Mills is really like we always talk, it's a good thing. He's meat and potatoes. Yes. And we like meat, meat and don't,
0: potatoes. Like, I like Mills. Mills got to That work was, was, remember
1: it. your one and two in the uh yes. in the Thanksgiving okay. list.
0: Meat, turkey, and mashed, <laughs> mashed potatoes and turkey.
1: Scotty Pippen mashed potatoes and Michael Jordan turkey. One and two. I had a couple people text me. They just loved that. They <laughs> couldn't believe
0: <laughs> That's fantastic. As, Give a me, mic- as I watch, listen to that pod. Make sure you go listen to that pod. I get my Thanksgiving food power <laughs> rankings and it got crushed by everyone.
1: Nick, okay. Nick, uh, so it, listen to listen it. To yeah, him. go but back you, and listen.
0: But you, I, I thought Mills really improved, but I just don't know if Mills is the perfect fit in this offense to be the focal point featured number one back.
1: Yeah. He,
0: I think he, I think there's definitely a place for him, definitely a role we, for he, him. He helped he, us tremendously he really this year. Ended up helping,
1: but I think he's more of our change of pace back. And just, we even like when we used him as like in a fullback situation at times. Just you know, just, just to have a guy in there that's physically capable enough to just do. A few I just different think things.
0: the two guys that took the bulk of the running back carries this year, both of them are not ideal every down running backs, in my opinion, and yeah. Wandale and. Uh, and Mills, mm-hmm. so I, that's why I that's why I put running back in my top three is they need to go find they still have I didn't I was never a big fan of Greg Bell uh, last mm-hmm. year. Oh, Zigbo ended up being a pretty good player at the end of the season, but they they you go watch those Oregon teams, you go out like they had good, r- really good running backs. Yeah, so yeah. that so so you need to find a talented and I think in a perfect world it's an outside linebacker, a talented edge rusher. That, that is just a player, a, you know, a Shaquem Griffin type of dude, then you got to have a big body. Like a, in my mind, in my mind, I'm always like Justin Blackman, Justin, like that's the guy at like, a, and granted, not that, you know, you're not going to go find someone that good, but you need a, a guy like a Des Bryant, a you know, Justin Blackman. And,
1: and I, I check out these recruiting services from time to time. And there's been a, a guy rumored that's, that they all say is going to come here as a junior college player. Um, six four
0: two twenty. Oh, Oh, like I it. know you, would. I
1: like but, that. but here's the thing is like, one, we don't know this guy will actually come, but the like,
0: player, yeah, and we
1: don't even know if he's good or if he sucks, but this is the same thing. Like at least if you're checking the boxes, even before we, you know, they're good. Like it's nice to know you're, I you're somewhat your
0: Instagram and you're like at the baby gap.
1: I don't, I
0: don't. I don't want this guy. That's 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 not what I. want If to
1: you me. are going to an amusement park and they turn you away from the roller coaster, <laughs> I'm just saying we might need to pull the scholarship. We might need to pull it. <laughs> oh God! So there you go. Those
0: are so those three positions. Yeah,
1: but but let me say this. So I, I I've told you I've been looking at these services and it's fun to kind of. I hadn't looked at recruiting in years. I've been kind of getting you? into it. I don't know Nick, as a member of the pod, I'm trying to do my research for you. I appreciate it. So anyway, the receiver, we've we've got a chance at one of these guys. I don't know about how many we're trying to take. the The big question mark to me has been this outside linebacker position. We have in the last two years, whiffed, and I'm talking whiffed multiple. You know how the yeah. Ultimate Warrior in the last game <laughs> where he he came down the, like a whiff like that. Like where he just you don't even touch the person. We have every big target we've gone after, like the the top guys. We usually have a couple at each position. We've had probably three or four at the end of each recruiting cycle in, in eighteen and nineteen. We're like these are the guys we got to get and we got to get one, and we've whiffed on all of them. And at that outside linebacker rush in spot, kinda right. Yep, and. That's cost us big time. You know, we don't got any depth right there now. I mean, we've got the ultimate warrior who's going to play hard. We like him. (laughs) (laughs) Why is that so funny? It just was, it was the best, it was said in all sincerity. You are making a good book. Is that not his known name to everyone? We all know him, right? If you listen to the pod, you know who we're talking about. <laughs> right, I'm sorry. It just was. <laughs> I mean, has that ever been
0: honored in all sincerity?
1: It was. It I'm was. crying. I'm so, sorry I derailed your point. <laughs> no, so we're okay. Uh, so we we've got him, but <laughs> other than that, we've got. We've got nobody going yeah. forward. I mean, zero. You know, JoJo's sort of his hybrid spot. He'll be there, but I mean, two guys. Like you need two guys to be able to rush the passer. Yeah, from the outside is is ideal, and uh, we'll see where where the ultimate word develops. But I, you know,
0: oh god. You can't. See.
1: I don't know why that is tickling. Uh, that is hating, that you just love. Up. You love everything about him. Is why you just I love do, it. I do. Everything really really about. Really I do. Oh god, I'm sorry. I need to get it back. Uh, uh. So anything else
0: with recruiting? I mean, obviously, you know, you consider verse is probably like you need O lineman. It's like yeah, of course you do. But they, got like,
1: the be- they got the best. They got the best O lineman out of Kansas, which is these Johnny are number pancake. Uh, his name is uh, <laughs> Wichita-, Wichita. Will, will. Huh? No, I don't. It's named something or another. I forget, it. but I know he's like our number one guy. So we did get a good lineman. Okay, uh,
0: that's committed. But like, I'm say, also t- I'm, like here's the thing too is I'm also thinking about. Uh, that's why I specified on like a junior cut. Like like you need instant you need help. Instant help. So that's why like of course they need a bunch of great linemen. But it's like you're not again if a guy lineman is
1: developed. Wichita will is...
0: Popping a zit and asking Tina to prom, he's not gonna come in. Yeah, and probably even pancakes. if you're
1: like, "Hi, Wichita Will, the greatest lineman out of Kansas," you still got two to three years before you see Wichita Will. <laughs> uh, what happened? If you're Are popping you? a zit and going to prom, that's oh, Wichita good. Will.
0: Shouts out to Wichita Will, but yeah, so that's a, you need instant impact dudes at those three spots. And you it? need because here's the thing: if Nebraska. If a year from now we're not talking about a, because I, I don't know, I don't want to punt on all the guys that are already on the roster, but it's like if a talented pass rusher was there, that probably would reveal oh. itself. If a talented big-bodied wide receiver was there, I mean, you had every opportunity in the world to play this year.
1: Yeah, I mean,
0: you, you know, you had to put Luke McCaffrey at wide receiver. Yeah, like, I, mean, I
1: mean, Chris Heckman was kind of playing receiver, and he's like a tight end that he's needs a, yeah, about he's a two, tight end. and he needs a couple years yes. to develop. So. Yeah. You know, we be playing with Wichita. Will plays, yeah, exactly. But,
0: and then, and then, running back. Like I, I just, I don't know if anybody has
1: emerged outside of those two guys. Uh, other than Mills, I'm, I, I just, to me, I hadn't seen anything yet. So Mills is to me like my, he's my one B back. Uh Wandale's my just number one, get the ball to him guy. But I, I think there's another running back that we need to get. Totally agree. And you, can, you don't have to go Juco to get instant impact at running. You can get freshman running back that can play. The guy from Iowa you the said was running Good son, yes. So that's where I think running back and wide receivers, you can find a, a, a pop and zit guy to come play. But most likely, outside <laughs> linebacker and wide receiver, we're probably going to have to find Juco to make immediate impact.
0: Anything else with recruiting?
1: Uh I think that's probably it. I, I'm going to be watching this closely. So I tell you because again the the way this
0: adding this early signing period this is when like this is it like it's going to the next 3 weeks dude going to be the the money time because the vast majority of your class is signed and honestly, yeah. the ones that don't sign are the ones that are just doing some event with their school later on with yeah. everybody, you know, we don't, I mean, that stuff is just absurd. Yeah.
1: Or the guys that are th- the really big time and they're harder to get. Yeah. You know, they're doing the Under Armour All-American. They want to do their they, announcements. Yeah, because Wondell
0: was early because Wondell enrolled early. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, th- the thing about it, is, that's the thing is like, you think this, it feels like it's a long ways away. It's not.
1: No. And, and like you, you mentioned the early signing period and, and early enrollment. So... If you want to come contribute, like you got to come here early, most likely. You know how hard it is to show up in June, Any and you go through a month of summer conditioning or two, and then you go, "All right, let's, go learn, and, let's yeah. go learn it. Let's go learn a full playbook, and try to, you know, physically compete against guys three, four years older than you." It's like it doesn't go well. No. I'm just telling you, so, so that's you got like to be special. to it's play. It's easy
0: to feel like, "Oh, next year's a long ways away," but like the a, the influx of help. Is gonna kind of like get shaped in the next month because you're gonna yeah. get the early signees and then you're gonna get the early enrollees that show up for the second yeah. semester and go to go can participate in spring ball.
1: Yeah, it, it's gonna be interesting. I I just don't know that we like. We'll see what happens. It's just uh, I'm just a little concerned that we've maybe lost a little steam uh, nationally and it's just crazy. It's just amazing to think it's that fickle. And that's why I. I from where we started to where i'm that's why i still don't understand like what what is it now that that you need to to get you the next level recruiting i mean besides historic program which i don't know how much that's moving the needle right now which we are we're we're one of the five most winning teams in the history of college football and the rest of them are all getting top 10 recruiting classes
0: yeah and and the thing that and again what we talked about, I think this might have been last week. Whenever, no, two weeks ago, with the uh, the extension too, with Frost is there's no uh these recruits have to know that for, you're you're not hopping on to an unstable situation.
1: We're st- we're stable. That's why that was a good move, getting the given the extension. But like, it's just where are these recruits' minds at with nationally with Nebraska? Because that's where I, I just I have no freaking clue.
0: Do you think before we get there's one? Are we good with recruiting? Good with recruiting. Okay. Do you think in terms of addressing specific things with the team next year? Are you about to laugh? I was I, thinking
1: about Wichita Will and I just I don't. Uh, <laughs> Okay. Okay, we're
0: good. Ugh. With addressing specific teams with the team or specific areas with the team, like what does I heard SIP was talking about this within sports money conduct and like just you know, they were debating it on like does and I don't know how it's structured. Does Frost need to take more, spend less, t- like does he need to be more involved with the defense and more involved with special teams?
1: Yes. And more, like, the, the short answer is yes.
0: Yeah, like, Because because th- it's always interesting is he always seems like he, and I understand it because he's the play caller and all that stuff, like sometimes in press conferences they'll ask him about something with the defense and he'll be like, I was trying to get the next set of plays ready to go, da-da-da-da-da. Like maybe he needs to take on more of that CEO role. Like I don't want him to ever give up play calling duties cuz I think ultimately that is something that is unique to him and a big deal. But like he needs to probably I mean cause special teams is sucked.
1: Yeah. This I mean, we we talk a lot about in this podcast understanding the difference between what you personally like and what works and that knowing those don't always have to be the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like I think what he's doing can work. I'm the type, I'm a personally like, I like the idea of a coach not being the coordinator. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of the coach. His job is to make sure that the, the people in every position, in every coaching place knows exactly what the message is, exact, and then they can go throughout the game, say, you know, have some influence where, when and where they want to. But I like them to see things big picture all the time. Now, it works. I mean, think about uh, the Eagles a couple years ago. Doug Pearson, he calls the plays. He's worried about the offense and the offense only. They just won a Super Bowl to beat the Patriots, right? Right. You can do that and win Super Bowls. Mm -hmm. It works either way. I'm a defensive guy. I like to know that my head coach is somewhat involved. Somewhat, sees what's going on, and two, is making sure special teams and clock management is taken care of. Those things play towards the defense. I feel like, um, but a lot of times the head coaches now are offensive coordinators. Yeah. That's where they get. Right. That's where they get their opportunities. You know, and so that's okay. It doesn't mean that doesn't work, and it's it's not equally as good. I'm saying that's my that's my um, preference, but no question, he has to take more responsibility and ownership of those other in the off season those. Those uh totally those so sides of the ball. I think,
0: I think there's a bunch of different things that are interesting about this season, but I think a part of it is also just some like self evaluation for Frost and for the staff of like, okay, what what do I need to do differently? You know, bingo, Nick, that right there. Like, I think that's a big thing. Like, and that doesn't mean because there's always a fi- there's a fine line between conviction and confidence and arrogance and stubbornness. Yes. yes. And you need to always find that line because you do have to like, I I can't remember. I think it might've been Phil Jackson that said he was asked once, like the biggest advice you'd give to young coaches. And he said some of the effect of like, have something you like have a foundation uh, that you believe in you. That is needed, but you also got to know when, how to add things and eliminate, eliminate things of that foundation Uh, evolve as a coach, evolve in your program. And so I think that'll be, I'll be interested throughout the course of the off season, what that stuff looks like for Frost and for everyone.
1: Yeah. How, how a coach goes about evaluating themselves and changing and be willing to change certain things, right? Like that's, that's the line where stubborn coaches, if things don't go well, only blame the players and don't do anything different. Right. Where I think a good coach and a good program will look in the mirror and be honest with themselves about where the problems are yeah, and not and, lie to themselves right. and not, and not pretend like it was some sort of fluke. Like, and what can they do? What can they do to change it? And then take steps towards changing. Like, that's, that's what I think good programs do. Um, now with, with Frost and this staff, you know, this is going to be a, a huge moment, like to me, if they're not doing that that's we're, we're in big trouble totally like, they I, they, I, they think they, they have to do because
0: that. and that's what we talked about a little bit within the the team too like not everything can be all about the players getting better or getting new players, yeah, like some of this stuff is on the coaches getting better, and the coaches looking in the mirror a little bit and and figuring out but I mean, the reality is everybody's got it if the moment you think you've got it figured out is the moment you are going to get. Yeah, like you always have to be be evaluating yourself, figuring out ways to get better, especially when when you're not getting the results that you want. Yeah. Now it- the hard part though, within all that, is Frost can't so radically change that the whole team goes. Well, Jesus, dude, for two years you were saying this is the way, 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 and now it's not the way. So there's so there's a balance there of like, yeah, you can't you can't just go to the dry erase board and just wipe it all clean. Yeah,
1: that, that's, that's what getting new coaches every two years does, right? Yes. That's what we've done around here. Fire the coordinator. Okay. New coaching staff, fire the coordinator, fire the position. You like, there's just, that was sort of the way we we've done, done it things. Yep. and it, that doesn't work either. Right. So we need continuity and we need stability in, you're right. In a lot of the messaging, but that doesn't mean we can't look at ourselves and go, well, we're not, messaging this enough yet. Right. right or this yes that that's yeah. all it is i i think for them it's not
0: it's not a rat you don't need a whole you don't need to for, we're certainly not saying for us doesn't need to radically change
1: no. things. it's just little things here and it, there it's literally like okay here's here's the things we can do a little bit more of and here's the things we haven't you know done enough of you know you just got to find what those are i i don't see big like philosophy like i don't think oh we're going to change to I, be an I formation team. Yeah, and that's yeah, that right. like, we're going to go to a four, three now. And all, no, you know, I mean, f- frost frost, I think is going to run this same offense with little tweaks here and there. And, and that's not going to change. I don't think it should change. He needs to do what he's good at. Like, right. Don't change to an offense. You're not good. Run what you're good at running right now. Make some tweaks for your personnel. Good. Right. But more than anything, it's like you got to solidify the things we talked about earlier, um, which is the clock management, two-minute, four-minute offense, special teams, and being a disciplined football team. Like Those are the things that they struggled at and they need to work on. And now it's just how they go about – How are uh, they going to fix yeah. those things? and it's got to start with them, and then right. it's got to go from them to the players. And so if they don't do it with themselves and like how they go about this process – you know, I, I think it's they're in trouble, and I, I don't know. I don't know, and this is my opinion. I don't know that they did enough last year, from the end of 2018 to the start of this season, on, on some of that things. stuff. I agree. I, I think they they got some better players, and they just said, "This is what we do. We got the quarterback. It's all going to make more because, sense." Because the
0: careful thing that the thing you got to be careful of is just chalking up everything to bad luck. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, I felt like there was, there's a balance of that. It's like, and we're guilty of it too. If you've listened to every pod we've done, we do turn on the mics and go, oh my God, can you believe this happened and this happened and this happened? It's like, you, you gotta be careful about always chalking things up to bad luck because what that does is it, do- it takes the responsibility off of you. Yeah. And now all of a sudden it's just, hey man, it's just, you know, it's just the way it caught every bad break in the book. And so I wonder if there was a little bit too much of that last year with this staff of being like, dude, can you believe how horrible yeah, it, everything it w- went?
1: And you know what? In in defending that, there was a lot of bad luck. Uh, totally. But when it when the when the things that aren't as much bad luck happen over and over with the bad luck, you go, it doesn't matter about it's the bad luck. A, it, because it, we saw it without bad luck. We had the luck against Iowa. We had the luck, we messed it up. That so that game I think really reinforces more than ever. Yes. These guys got to fix problems with themselves as much as even the players. What
0: quick real quick, you know, and this is classic, like strength coaches will always are always gonna prop up what they do and it's really important. But like Zach Duvall has talked about how you know so much of the culture and different things can get established in winter conditioning. What? How important, like, is winter conditioning for the season?
1: Uh, so, I'd argue that that is that is the foundation of like, oh, this is how hard we work. It's funny. It's like football practice is hard, but I think you find out what kind of guys they are in the off season. Like, I could the guys that would you know we used to have a thing where because we always worked hard. I'll say this: no matter what our records were at Nebraska. I felt like, man, we were working as hard as anybody in the country or harder. Like, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, we coming out of the 90s into that, like it was established, yeah. we worked our butts off. And then we brought in Dave Kennedy. We, he came from Ohio State. We worked our butts off. Right. And let me just tell you, like you find out who's got it and who doesn't. There are guys that as soon as you put them into a hard workout, they're these big-time recruits, they quit, they wimp out, and you just see weakness in them. And it shows itself. Mm-hmm. So you either beat the weakness out of these guys or you pretty much, they're written off and they need to go. You mm-hmm. find out in winter conditioning, in summer conditioning. Because that's when it hurts and it's hard. Football, I mean, it's still you're playing it. But it's not as uh, – it's almost not quite as telling in terms of quitting and not quitting, right? Because yeah. workouts are like you do this until you can't move.
0: And the thing that's so weird about the thing that's so unique about football is you practice 10 times more than you play. And you train 10 times more than you play. Yes. So it's like, you better be a pretty good guy in that department. If you're only like, man, I just want to play.
1: Well, yeah, you train 10 times more than you practice, too. Yes. So you train for nine months a year, you practice for For, three, and you play play 12 12 days.
0: Like, that's it. So you better have guys that are great in the nine months and the three months of rent, like,
1: well, and, and so, and part of it where Nebraska has always been so good as they have, they had a great culture and a lot of it was based around these Nebraska people that were walk-ons and this, there's just a, there would we be a big, you know, a big walk-on program. These guys were really hardworking, tough, and they were part of this culture, right? Where when those guys are tough and helping like reinforce the, the, that culture and making the push that the guys with, you know, quote unquote, more talent, the more talented scholarship guys or whatever, that's not always the case, but you know, let's say it is right. uh, When those guys are pushing the guys with more talent to, to, to work harder, then it just, it 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 all works together. Right. So like you, you gotta, you gotta start there. Cause then that, then that goes to the season and then, you know, it all works together, but like I do think it in football programs the there's something to that off season okay workout.
0: Yeah, I figured it was. I just I didn't know if that's but, just yeah. you know, like I mean that yeah, I, I think there's a saying in you know, oftentimes they'll say basketball teams are made in the summer. I think mean, you could argue football teams are made in the winter. Yeah. You know? Oh, I mean I, I wouldn't so, doubt
1: it. it's where you move the most weight. I mean it's like Yes.
0: I mean that's that's just how it is. Yeah. So I mean it's an important so this would be an important time for the guys. What do you think before we get there's there's one thing we weren't like it's just gonna be so interesting what this offseason is like for what the what the narrative is around the program?
1: Well to start I'll ask you this. The way Nebraska finished this season, what's give me your take, the last three games. So the three <sighs> games Going into the off season, so
0: Wisconsin, Maryland, and Iowa.
1: How, what's the taste in your mouth? I know the Iowa la- that's right now, but think of it as the, those last three games. What's the taste in your mouth?
0: Still not good. I mean, I thought I thought there were elements of again there were elements within all three games that were very very encouraging, hmm. but there was just there was like just enough to make you go oh. I don't, am I, like, were you wildly encouraged or?
1: Uh, I, Well, yeah, it's like you're encouraged and disappointed at the same time is what I'd say. You're encouraged that we didn't get pushed around. Yes. You're encouraged that I think we really were playing, we were playing games to the finish for the most part, and I'm disappointed that we're stupid at times and we're in that we're, we give away games, you know what I mean? And we're not clutch. Like I, yeah, those I, things I, like, I think, and that's, that's players and coaches. Like we're still not disciplined enough and we're still not smart enough and aware enough. But like, I'm encouraged that we didn't get pushed around very at the end of the year.
0: I, I'm encouraged that, that Nebraska appeared to be more physically capable in that, in not getting pushed around in the trenches. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually thought, and I mean I I mean I'm this I always feel like I go here. Like I actually thought the defense defense was really good against Maryland's awful, but they were really good against Maryland, and they were I mean, other than the first quarter of three play, really two plays, the defense was really good against Iowa. Um I, I would say my the main the main trepidation or hesitation or that oh I feel is that the, the offense offense has a that's the program, but like that that is what this This program is built on whether or not this offense is going to be just lighten up the scoreboard or not. And boy, I just, by the end of the year, those last couple of games, I just was still, and I know they hung 54 on Maryland, but I just, I'm not yet. I think my biggest air, my biggest area of optimism last year was the offensive trajectory in Martinez. Yeah. My biggest area of concern right now moving forward into next year, if we were gonna go, how do you think Nebraska's gonna be next year? I don't know because I don't know what's happening at quarterback and I don't know what really is happening with the offense right now. I don't know how much better the offense
1: we'll is. We'll be, be better at line. That's that's a get, yeah. that that I can almost guarantee is because it's the same line, but a year older. Yes. And maybe if we and can, they and they took strides, as yeah, the, yeah, they're so, the most improved position. So, so that's important. But you know, we, we got to look at running back and receiver. We're just talking about with recruiting, but like if that doesn't get some help and quarterback
0: play, but quarterback play
1: has to get better. Well, quarterback, and maybe all those things are are uh, intertwined. They're intertwined but, some, but like I can't imagine we'll have worse quarterback play next I year. I wouldn't
0: think so. But like you need elite quarterback play for this to be for this for this thing to pop. As
1: it stands right now, you, you, we have to have elite quarterback play. You add pieces around the quarterback, and it takes that pressure off some. So, but Nick, we haven't got those pieces yet, and, no. I, and, and there's no guarantee they're coming. Right. Um. So I don't know. I, I and I'm just a defensive guy. So you say this is an offensive team because of Frost, and we that's what we. But I still think if you play good defense, you're in every game. You know. So like for me, it's like I think. The defense has to be better. Even though, like, I looked at those last three games, and we were better on defense, and we were, you know, and we were in that Iowa game because we played better defense. Yeah, and we didn't get pushed around. against Wisconsin. We didn't really get pushed around. Um, so I don't know. I it, but it's I, I don't a, know. It's I tough. mean, I, I understand what you're saying because we're you're
0: always going to be jaded towards like your frame of reference as a player and all that For stuff. Sure.
1: But, I mean... But this is a fraud. Yeah, that's probably If you think
0: for one second that this offense is even close to good enough this season for what it... It wasn't even close to good enough. Like, and if you ask yourself what side of the football was furthest off your expectation level heading into the
1: year, it's unequivocally 100% the offense. That's... So, that's fair to say. That's fair to say. And they just... God, it's amazing. And, And, again, that's not... See, like, that's not to
0: say that the defense was just, you know, stoning people. No. But... I just, with the way things are built, the offense has to be really good. Yeah, and I do. Th- so that that's where, like, when I get when I think about next season, I, I don't even know what to think because I don't know what I don't know where I where this offense is at.
1: Well, and this is so sp- looking ahead to next season. This is what's going to be so hard to to me about this evaluation period. So, well, a lot of what I'm saying is based on. My gut feel and what my eyes are seeing. Not our record right now, mm-hmm. right? Not the amount of points, okay? And this is what's hard. is Next year, our final five games oh, boy. are these five teams. Ohio State, Penn State, Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota. Those are our last five games. Brutal. It's a brutal schedule. It is absolutely brutal, okay? So, we... That's
0: what's. That's what makes it so frustrating about this year. This year, it was so
1: set up. It was a PUD schedule. No offense really to was. those teams we're playing. That was a PUD schedule, um, comparatively. And next year, we don't have like even our like our non conference. I think we might have like Cincinnati and like the and the listen, games. Cincinnati are,
0: isn't terrible. No,
1: they they got they they're. They're, pretty, They're good. pretty good, and so the Pud games are like games that like I'm going man, I don't want to face them, and so if we don't get about six wins before we get to those last five games, see that's the thing is like w- we're so you can talk forever
0: about what we're you know what we're talking about with uh you know all this tangible issues that need to get addressed with this team, but then you also look at 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 the actual so you got I mean you're, you're going to start the season against Purdue.
1: Rondell yeah, Moore t-
0: going to be back. That's a tough I mean, first game. Then you got Central Michigan. Then you got South Dakota State. Then you got Cincinnati. And then you're at Northwestern. And you got Illinois. Uh, you are got a bye week. Then you're at Rutgers. And then you got Ohio State, Penn State, Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota.
1: I mean, think about that. That means uh, truly we better be – we better make such strides in the offseason – that we're firing in all cylinders those first six weeks because this can't be a, hey, you know we're going to fill out this season again and play up and down and bad, and then maybe at the end of the year start clicking because you're not going to start clicking against Ohio State and Penn State. I just promise you that. right you got to be playing on firing in all cylinders to even have a chance to be in the game against those
0: teams. See, and guys. that's the thing that's just sobering is like, and listen, I don't know how many people were picking Minnesota to win the West and they had an opportunity to win the West yesterday so you just never yeah. know. But it's like when I look at this schedule and I look at the the areas that need to get addressed, do I see a team in Nebraska that's going to win the West next year? I mean, I would say no right now. And that's and th- so then all of a sudden you're like, man, now you're 3 years into this thing and y- you know, you're you're yet to taste the division
1: it, it's truly going to be a it's going to be a major test of nebraska fans patience because look you're, i mean we're looking seasons ahead right those it just it's just kind of crazy but to actually have a chance to win something big is probably not coming till 2021 or 2022 mm-hmm. so martinez is a senior or somebody else as a whatever in it's 2022 coming, yeah. i mean that's crazy to think about but really if we're looking at the long term for this For this program in the future, it's it's not about this year. It's not about next year. That's what's and it sucks to do that. Sucks to say. It sucks to do that. But really, next year, it's gonna we're gonna have to play great football to win seven games. So it's almost like I don't know. Maybe 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 it's okay that we lost the games we did this year if we can improve dramatically by addressing things. Maybe we would have won those two or three games and been like, oh, we're good, just do what we're doing. Like, we got to fix some
0: things. Because the reality is, the only way you sometimes for for certain people to really change or certain things to really change is you really got to hit rock bottom. Yeah. You got to get smacked in the face and hit rock bottom. And maybe this year was that. Yeah maybe it was
1: like literally you hope that that's what it is and it doesn't hurt recruiting too bad. You hope so, that you you can learn and improve without losing right, losing the, so much the, the juice in recruiting to get guys that are big time difference makers. So you 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 mentioned something about testing
0: Nebraska fans. Yeah. I think it's you and I talked before on whether we wanted to get in this or not and this doesn't we don't need this to be a super uh, d- divisive and toxic conversation about to have, but I think it's Tom. I think I want to get into Tommy Fraser's tweet. Yeah. So Tommy Frazier tweeted after the Iowa game, he was tweeting. I mean, he's a guy that, I mean, you're not on Twitter, but I follow him on Twitter. I mean, yeah. he's a guy that is, I mean, from, from Bo to Bo from Bo Pelini to Riley to frost. Like he has always been a guy that is, um, not shy to take shots at what's happening with the football program. Yeah, and Tommy tweeted yesterday, so that have been this. We're taping this on a Sunday. This on Saturday, November thirtieth. He tweeted, "I will not comment on Nebraska football again until they make a bowl." It's obvious that people believe in someone that can't get it done. Those players played their asses off yesterday. Now, the big, the big one in there, the big line in there is it's obvious that people believe in someone that can't get it done. And obviously, he's talking about Scott Frost, which is just so, so disappointing. Like I just I saw that tweet and I'm like, you know, I'm I never want to be one of those guys because listen, we're both former players of programs. I never want to be that guy that tells every former Creighton player, every former Kansas player, like you can you always gotta blindly support whoever's in charge and all that stuff. Like yeah. because ultimately I I you know, there's been a lot of guys that have taken shots at guy like a lot of it is, you know, people took shots at Riley, took shots at Bo, and people were okay with it because they those guys weren't frost. Yeah. So, you know, you can you can come off as hypocritical if you're going to criticize Tommy saying that. But at the same time, you know, you just you figured with a guy that that is a former player like Frost is, a former player in your era. Yeah. That also won a national championship that you would publicly support a little more than than that. And I don't know what all is rooted in that. I'm sure there's a lot of stuff in there. I don't know if if there's a little bit of insecurity of you got a, the former Nebraska quarterback that's getting more shine than him, and he's more worried about that than the the the, the program prospering in the moment. I don't know. I guess as a former player, what, what do you? How do you? What's your reaction to all that?
1: what's weird is I I don't know that I have a problem with the the statement of I'm not going to comment until we get to a bowl. That doesn't really bother me, I don't think.
0: No, I don't. No, no, I don't. The only thing that's wrong, the only thing in that tweet is it's obvious that people believe in someone that can't get it done.
1: Yeah, so the the first part doesn't bother me. That, to me, um, if if I'm speculating, you know, because those two were teammates for a good year at least. Because I want to say Frost. Sat out the year they won the national title in '96, probably. Mm-hmm. So those are teammates, quarterbacks, both quarterbacks, national championship winning quarterbacks for Nebraska. Um, I mean, he took over for Frost.
0: Took over for Tommy.
1: Yeah, that that to me is uh, that it's it's almost odd how the there's no support there. Like you, you'd almost think that you'd you'd be. Almost supporting someone to a fault that was a teammate of yours that you liked.
0: If you if you in fact liked them when you were teammates.
1: Bingo. So if I, I don't know. I have no idea their relationship or if they have one, but to me that sends up a signal of there's something deeper going on between those two. W- not even maybe those two, between how one person feels about the other and maybe how one person feels uh you know, I don't know because I think it's just odd, you know, and I've met Tommy a couple times and he's been a real nice guy to me, but I just know this most of the time guys that are really te- like, you know, really uh, excel on in the sporting world and uh, on the highest stages are very competitive and um, it's hard not to see the connections between why he'd be competitive in this situation. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: Oh, I don't think there's any, I mean, w- when I first saw that tweet, the first thing I thought about is that it struck me. Now, I don't know. I've only met Tommy for we one time and we I don't, don't know anything know. about the specifics of that situation. So, and here's the thing is, if I get new information, I will arrive at a new opinion. Yeah. Or a, a new thought. But I'm just going off of of the of observing it outside looking in all that stuff. It strikes me as I don't know if you want to call it competitiveness, I don't know if you want to call it insecurity, I don't know if you want to call it
1: Um, I don't know if it's insecure. I wouldn't say insecurity, right? Because he's not, Well, I think just protecting he, there's something weird
0: about everyone's protective of their past, but athletes are really protective of their past at times because it's all, it's, especially when that's who, that's kind of what has defined you as a person. Like the 90s NBA guys are so protective of that era because that's like, that's who Charles Barkley is and who Reggie Miller is and who those guys are. Uh, at the end of the day, who Tommy Frazier is, he is the greatest quarterback to ever play at Nebraska. Like that's who he is, you know? And so you're going to protect that at all costs.
1: Yeah, like the most important quarterback the, the versus I- now. Who's the most important quarterback to ever play? He was Brown. the
0: most important quarterback, but now, but now he's not the most important because
1: quarterback. the most important quarterback is the guy that's running the program, and,
0: and the that can create conflict. Because I don't yeah. care what anybody says, everyone is is prone to being selfish. Yeah, I don't care what anybody says. You know, we are. We all think about ourselves. We all think about ourselves first. How is this going to impact me? How is this, we always think about me, 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 me? Yeah. And again, I don't know this to be true, but I just wonder if there's a little bit of like, I'd rather, if there's a little bit of his, the emotions of protecting that corner to use a Bill Simmons, you know, to protecting that corner at this point, supersede the emotions of seeing the program flourish in the moment. And that might be too strong of a statement, but, that's kind of what I mean to, to already say that
1: so we're definitely just reaching we're definitely uh we're, we're guessing here we, we didn't we don't know, but what we do know is pretty much unanimously the other players that we've seen and talked to unwaveringly support Frost so that's what's so weird about Jason, it.
0: Jason Peter I mean Peter Jason's is the ultimate example there wasn't there wasn't a guy that has been more willing to be critical of the Nebraska football program over the last 10 years. Probably equal with Tommy, right? Him and Tommy are 1A, 1B. Yeah. Now, Jason just has such a brash way of doing it that you really feel it when he does it. You know what I mean? And the fact that Jason is, I mean, Jason Peter is going above and beyond to publicly support Scott Frost at Every single turn, every single turn. I mean, he he tweeted. Uh, he tweeted uh, this on uh, November 30th, the same day the time he tweeted. He tweet, Jason tweeted. Hopefully, everyone had a great Turkey Day. Yesterday sucked, without question. But I'm asking all of you to stick with Scott and his staff. I'm lucky that I get access to these guys and get to see what's happening day to day. They're on the right path. The wins will come. I believe that. Hashtag GBR, hashtag Huskers. Now, you talk about polar opposite ends of the spectrum of what people have tweeted in the moment that are from the same era that were teammates with Frost. You got what Jason tweeted, and then you got... Tommy saying it's obvious that people believe in someone that can't get it done. Now, I don't know to steal a Jay Z line. It's food for thought. You do the dishes, but I, I don't know. I just, all I know is this doesn't like, does it really matter? I don't know. But Tommy tweeting that doesn't help. And,
1: and you know, maybe Tommy was like a lot of people just
0: caught up in the emotion of it. I'll tell you stuff. what,
1: I, I feel like I got punched in the gut and I was, you know, I, I was, you know, When you're at home, you just say things and you're like, How we do this? How come we can't do that? How come we just do this over and over? Why are we throwing screen passes? Like, we're all saying that stuff. Um, But I'm not going to go right to the paper and say, Put this in there. Because that's what Twitter is. It's a public statement for everybody to see. And I I don't, you know what? I don't do Twitter. And so I don't have a lot of sympathy for people that tweet stupid things Mm -hmm. or tweet things that are. Uh, in this case, like Tommy's, is an opinion that feels like a bit of a shot. Oh, it's totally
0: a shot. So
1: I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go. You know, I'm not gonna make assumptions that I'm gonna say are definite. I'm not saying they are, but I'm also not gonna. If that's what he actually feels like. I'm not going to give you a, to his
0: opinion. Yeah, you can't, can say can. I'm saying, but,
1: but I'm not going to say, well, it doesn't count. It counts it if it's counts on Twitter
0: because of, because of who he is and the stature. He's earned to be able yeah. to say all that Great. But at the same time, I don't have to agree with it. And the whole, you know, whenever I do, uh, I got asked to do I, uh, almost every year. And I did this year with, uh, I, I was asked to do media training with the Creighton team. Yeah. So I come in and I talk to the team about Twitter and I yep. talk to the team about, uh, interviews and you know, I'd, we do mock interviews in front of, you know, in front. So I'll call a guy up and I'll, I'll interview them in front of the team to try and, you know, you know, the class, yeah. like try to trap them BS questions, you know, yeah. just so they learn. I mean, you got to learn how to do these things. And you know, the, the old adage is never tweet anything that you wouldn't be comfortable being in the headline of the newspaper that day. Yep. And then the other rule of thought I try to have is never tweet something that you wouldn't say that you try because this is always hard but never tweet something that you probably wouldn't say to that person's face <sighs> you know would tommy would tommy and i'm not saying it's like it's not like a you know playground like you wouldn't say it to my face now fight but like i mean is tommy gonna go say that to scott frost
1: well and, and nick think about this too and i this has just hit me now that we've been talking about it he effectively has as Put himself. He's outcast himself from the university because you know what? If you want Frost's head, that's what you're saying. That's what. That's, then you can't come be a part of anything that, we're that's doing.
0: That's the thing that's so. That's the thing that's so frustrating with Tommy. It's like Tommy, you realize that like you're, you're you, are, you are you are isolating you mean, yourself.
1: Yeah, you mean too much to the fans and to this program to, to make it yourself, to make dude. it a hey, I'm here, you're there, and in, unless you unless this guy's not there, I'm not because. It's it, you can't ask frost to invite a guy that is asking for him to essentially, or that, that says he doesn't believe in him. Like if you, if you're Tommy Fraser saying, I don't believe in you. Well, guess what, Tommy, you don't get to come speak to the team. Yeah. That's because uh, for just,
0: just spitball here. But for example, you know, who could probably speak to the quarterbacks about what it's like to be in a quarterback battle. I got a really good idea. You know, it's Tommy Frazier. Yeah, because he had an epic battle with Brooke Beringer. Yeah, and and both those guys. I mean, they're, they're kind of tied. They're they're attached in history together. Yeah, and those guys had the battle for ninety five and all that stuff, right? So you know who would maybe be a decent guy to come. Let, let's say that Frost would have an open competition with Vegro or with with McCaffrey and Martinez. You know, who you could maybe bring in to help. Talk to the guys the best, about how to deal. The best with it. quarterback
1: in the history. The best of quarterback in
0: the history of the program. Some people say the best quarterback in college football history, and a former Husker. You know, I still, and you know who won't get invited now?
1: That's it's it. Tommy. It's, so, it's frustrating. So it's frustrating. It's like, but it's, is is he better than Crouch?
0: You know, what I feel. I mean,
1: I've always been kind of a Crouch guy.
0: Though. I'm a Crouch guy.
1: I don't know. Tommy was dang good, though. He was really good. So I i it, i. He, I, here's, I Tommy, Tell you Tommy what, Tommy Frazier was Tommy, good.
0: The, the thing about Tommy was Tommy was always when, – when, when the situation was its biggest, Tommy was his best. Tommy was clutch. Tommy Frazier, there wasn't a guy that like – he was like Jordan in that way. Like the, the crazy thing about Jordan was like every time Jordan was on the biggest stage and the biggest moment and needed his best – he
1: delivered. Yeah, let's not get it twisted. We need some Tommy Frazier. Sure, so right that's, oh, so, yeah. like. But it's just too bad but because... But it's just
0: frustrating. I read that and I was like, damn, Tommy... It's not like, necessary.
1: Even right. if you feel that way... Just, it's not like, worth it. It's dude. not worth it because you have, Tommy just, Frazier is too important to the program to be outcast now. Like, that's, that's the problem. It's not that, uh, you know, you have to... You can't feel that way. You can, and... It's every a, feeling is meant to be and voiced you can, publicly. That's it. And, and the fact is that I don't think he recognized that he's too important to the program to, to 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 sort of handle it that way. Like he needs to be able to feel how he feels and still be able to make a positive impact on the program. And right now it's a negative impact because I don't know. I don't know what the positive of trying to – Message what somebody good, out of what it. What good
0: yeah. comes from that tweet?
1: Nothing. No, nothing at all.
0: No, because it's not making Frost job easier, and that's also, no. you know, the people are like, well, he's, you know, he's just holding those coaches. I mean, you think that's going to make Frost like? You think Frost was kicking his feet up and going to pop in a movie, and then was like, oh, f- what Tommy tweet? Oh, I guess we'll go recruit and we'll work a little harder. That's not going to make Frost or the the no. staff work any harder than they already work. But yeah. the one thing it's going to do is it's going to make their job a little more challenging
1: uh, and in you know the what?
0: moment and because you have a guy of his stature. Because I'll, I read the replies. Sure, you get some people that's like, man, what are you doing? But then you get some like, yeah, you tell them, you know, And you, so you get the people that are...
1: Just creates drama. It's it's a bunch of drama and it's and drama. And it's
0: one thing that this program has. Ne- this, pro- this program needs to get out of the drama business.
1: Yeah, it's drama with one of your greatest ever and somebody that you need to be... In alignment with the university, and you know, there's just there's no need. There's just no need. For there's it. no need for and, it at all. There's
0: just the, so. uh, there you go. I mean, I don't. I don't. I. I that was interesting. I mean, that was.
1: Uh, I, I, I. I. I couldn't believe when I saw it. I was like, really? I go. It just seems uh, when I so saw. It, I
0: was at the airport, it, and I like. It was one of those things. Like you, literally, like I. My
1: body language just. I was like because because it's it's you're talking about two national championship quarterbacks that were teammates and it sort of just is like you go have i ever seen anything like that before
0: well i mean i don't it, know that i have it just and listen i'm not i'm not necessarily sitting here saying like you have to you know you have to be a phony and uh and always, lo- I'm not saying that. I mean, like,
1: you but- can have an opinion, but you don't have to say every opinion, yes. right? Like,
0: or, or there just are ways to be a little more diplomatic with how you voice them. You know? Even
1: if he says, I'm not commenting on anything until right. we get to a bowl game. I actually go, that's taking a stance that, hey, this thing needs to turn around and you're not you're not tolerating, you know, mediocre play or mediocre, right. you know, other things so right. uh, i think that that's okay but like once you say you, you make the call once right you, you ma- say I mean, he is, you say we don't got the guy you to go do there, it when you go there it's put hard up, to walk it you've back. put up the wall and it's just like
0: dang it's it is it is hard to walk it back and the one thing we found out and when i say we i just mean nebraskans and people that are invested in the program in any way that they're invested whether that's monetarily with tickets whether that's with Whatever, they're fandom, they're whatever. Mm -hmm. Players like you, that blood, sweat, and tears for the program. The one thing we all agree on is this is really important to all of us. And the one thing we also agree agree on is that like there's a lot of work that needs to be done to get it back to where it needs to be. And the one thing Frost said when he took the job was he felt confident about getting everyone kind of pulling in the right direct in the same direction. Yeah. And that was one of the most attractive things about Frost getting the job was you finally felt like there wasn't going to be these factions of people not on board or people not rowing the boat in the same direction, not to steal the PJ Fleck thing. And so you just, the one thing you don't need this early on is someone of Tommy Frazier's stature, not pulling in the same
1: direction. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's uh now it's, it's going to be a thing unless they uh, work it out, but. Then it's one thing that you gotta spend time on yeah, that's just, not the program. Right. Totally. Anything we're missing, Doug? Uh, well, we'll see if this ends up being a two parter. I mean, uh, I don't know.
0: That, I mean, we're at like almost three hours right now.
1: For are we would, really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a two parter then. It's gotta a two-parter.
0: be a two parter, I'd imagine. Um
1: but that was good. This was one that I I mean, I and had to sit the thing, there dude. for an extra day. I was like, oh my God, I and gotta here, talk to Nick.
0: And here's the thing there's still a lot more we could talk about.
1: Oh, I, we I'm,
0: gotta pace ourselves, for dude. We got a lot. Yeah,
1: of... with with they're gonna hit recruiting hard, and we're gonna let this marinate. We're gonna see what maybe a week or two of marinating and with some recruiting, see how we maybe we need, just need to take a week and go. Oh, okay, maybe maybe we'll feel Absolutely. a little differently. Yeah. But I I think this was an emotional. We've had some emotional losses in this last one. Been an one, emotional year oh too. Oh my god, it's been it an just, emotional year and an emotional loss to end it. It was the cherry on top of the Sunday that was an emotional roller coaster, totally. man. It was just like, oh. Totally.
0: so. Well, you're the man. And uh we will be doing plenty of more pods, my friend. Break out the wine bottles. Because we got a lot to discuss, and sometimes we just need to get a little buzzed. Some people are like, you guys need to man up and drink some beer. We'll drink some different stuff. We'll drink some beer.
1: Um, well, Nick, it's been a pleasure. Oh. 2019's in the, in the books. It was a hell of a season. Had fun yes. every day doing it with you. So, Yes.
0: This was therapeutic for, for me. Like I felt like this helped me assess and digest what was happening. Uh, I hope everyone that listened to every recap pod felt the same way. We had a blast doing this. And uh, I, I can't wait to do more of these. And then I can't wait till next year to do more of these recap pods. One day, one day, Bo, I mean this, one day we might have to do the recap pod from Indianapolis on the first weekend of December when Nebraska's playing in the Big Ten Championship game and Nebraska wins that bitch.
1: Will we be too hungover to do a recap pod of a national championship someday? <laughs> we <laughs> might be. That. We'd be like, "Oh Not my that. god!" One day,
0: you make a deal. With me. If Nebraska ever makes it, we're going to Indy.
1: Oh, we're going. We're going to yep. Indy. We'll do it live. We'll, we'll do it. We'll do it
0: live. And we'll be covered in confetti. How we're gonna get on the field? I don't know, but we're gonna have confetti. We'll on. be those guys we'll that sneak confetti, into every uh, every bring major our event. hotel room and just. Trash the place with confetti. Oh, one day, my friend.
1: No, we'll be one there. Day. We'll go there in person if we get to the Big the Big Ten championship game. There ain't game. no if. It's when. when
0: they get to the Big Ten championship game. In the meantime, everybody, make sure you subscribe to the pod. Make sure you give it a rating. Give it a review. Make sure you download that thing. Appreciate everyone listening. This was, uh, was a lot to talk about, and we've hit it all, and we're going to be covering more throughout the remainder of the offseason. Now, Bo Root, I salute you.